I'm sitting with a gentleman called Bly, who lives in a very remote off-grid location in the north of Spain. I came here to see Bart, who I met in Holland in the summer, and didn't realize that Bart was actually living on a friend's land. Um, so Bly has bought this land, and we had a conversation last night, but now I'm interviewing him this evening before I leave tomorrow. Um, so Bly, you've lived an amazing life so far, by all accounts. You're 38, and you've done a lot of traveling, and now you've decided to settle. So yeah. could you tell me a bit about um, your traveling to begin with? You, you left home and left Spain and went around the world. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, were, I was 16 when I was first time leaving my, my home place. And I went to America. I went to the United States, to New York. I arrived and I was just looking for the... Um, for the natives, American, the Indians, no? Because I love archery. I'm actually like a Spanish champion of archery. And I was very romantic about it. And I love horses, I love bows and arrows. And I wanted to go to America, very innocent from my side, to, to meet the Indians. So I went there. And in the United States, I couldn't find them. So I moved to Canada. And same story, like in the border, either United States or Canada, they were looking at me like the border officers and the immigration officers like, where is your mom? Because I look way younger than 16. I look maybe that I was 13 years old and I was just traveling with my bow and arrows by myself, taking planes and like going around. And these officers couldn't believe that I was going by myself with a bow and arrow. So they asked me if I wanted to kill the president and I said, of course not. But if they had knew that I could actually kill him because I was very good at shooting, they probably wouldn't let me in to the United States or Canada. And yeah, finally I found the natives in Canada, but I got very depressed because all of them were alcoholized and they were a bit fucked up. So I came back to to the States and then I moved back at the end of my trip to, to the capital, well, to the, to New York City. And I had a visit to Manhattan and all those places. And that was like, I, I was leaving the United States on the 3rd or the 4th of September or 2000, uh, 2001. No, yeah, no, 2001, yeah. And then after one week, because in Spain, in Catalonia, the national day is the 11th of September. It's a national day in Catalonia. And that date, the archery movement always organize the Catalonian championship because it's the national day. And we fit together like the two parties, no? the party of Catalonia, the nationalist people celebrated. And then we were also shooting the arrows for the champions in of, of Catalonia that I won. And then to celebrate that I won that championship, <clears throat> 11th of September 2001, we went to a restaurant to have some lunch. And when we entered into the restaurant, it was empty. We were like, but the, the tables were full of food, and the, but the restaurant looked empty. <clears throat> so we look at the corner of the restaurant and everybody was standing in front of the television. So we went there. And I seen the same tower that I was one week before, 
and that I was showing pictures to my friend during all day long, like, look at me, I went to America, look at these pictures, la 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 la. Oh, nice flight. And then my friends were looking at me like, are those the towers that you were showing me the picture like just a minute ago? I was like, yeah, what is this movie? I couldn't like actually, it took me a while. It took me a couple hours to realize I wasn't a movie and that was real. And then, yeah, then at that point, I'm explaining all this long story about my starting of traveling because that brings me uh, a question because I was there a week before and those towers had like beams going up the size of this house made by steel. A plane, it's impossible that can go through a beam like this and even less go all the way to the other side. It's impossible. Because I was there and those beams were very close to each other and we're going like those 400 meters high or something. Impossible that a plane can destroy that beam and the other beam and the other beam and go all the way to the other side. Impossible. So then I started to awake and I started to question many things from the system, governments, corporations, and that was like, yeah, 22 years ago. So that was my starting. And then my when I was in the States, my dad called me like, uh, no, I called him because we had phones ba back then. But I called him and he was like, yeah, man, you have to go back. Otherwise, I'm going to come and find you because you are not uh, older enough. You are not 18 yet. So you have to come back and either work or go to to college. I was like, all right. So I came back and until I was 18, that that was like after one year and, a, and two months, because in October I turned, it's my birthday, then I stay another year and two months more with my family in my hometown. And when I turned 18, I took my driving license in two, three weeks, and then I left. But without any car, I started traveling the first trip I went to your country, to the UK. And I spent like yeah three months in London. Then I went to Brighton until I had some problems there. And I left the UK and I never went back. From there, then I start traveling for like two or three more years in Europe until I turned 21. And when I was 21, we had a trip with some friends to Africa. And the idea was to go back, but me, I decided to not come back and I stayed in Africa for four years, but I was going back and forth maybe once a year just to, to say hi. And I always came back home or to see my friends once every two years, once a year, depending. And from there, I moved to America. Hmm. always starting in the north because it's an easier way to make some money and to get a very cheap car and then yeah always driving south and then going back north again for the season making some more money getting an another car I always buy cars and sell cars because it's way cheaper than renting cars because you don't spend any money you buy it for 500 you tune it in a little bit and you can even sell it 
after one year for double the price. So you pay the car, you pay the petrol. So you travel for free. And that's why I always buy cars, trucks, motorcycles, whatever, because you, you, you have some knowledge about mechanics. You can upgrade a little bit the car or the van or the truck and then sell it after you are done with it for even more expensive price. And so at the end, what it costs you to move around, nothing. And inside the car, you can have your own kitchen, you can carry your backpack, your dog is more comfortable as well. You can go to any little corner of the world, like that no bus, no, no one is gonna take you. So you are 100% free as you do with the motorcycle, the same. So that's why I always, the first thing I do when I travel is if I don't have a, a transport a vehicle or anything, I, I go and get one. It's always super cheap. I think I never spend more than 500 euros for a car or a truck or anything. All I had always was like a scrap and I fix it and give it a run. And from America, then I think I spent like three years or three years and something in America. Um, and after that, I moved to, I went to Japan for a couple of days and then to the main Asia. And I was there going a lot to Australia as well and back to Asia for another couple of years, maybe yeah, another three years or something. Going to yeah, Australia, Mongolia, Australia, China, then road trip around Southeast Asia, and then some islands, Indonesia, and Malaysia, and Philippines, and then, yeah, and other countries back more in the West. And then finally, I went back to, to Australia. That was my last time in that side of the world. And I fell in love with this nice super catamaran and I was selling cherries on the marina, on the port. And I told my friends, I'm going to go with that catamaran. And my friends were like, man, if it was any other one, I would say that you are crazy. But because you fly, always do what you want. Yeah, I know that you're going to go with that boat. And yeah, I went to that boat and I knocked on the, on the boat. And came out Richard, the owner and captain of that boat. Like, yeah, who you are? Like, yeah, I'm blind. And what do you want? <laughs> I want to go with you. Where are you going? Like, who you are, man? Like, do you know how to sail? Yeah, more or less. Like, I'm, but I'm, I learn super fast. So you were like, no way. I'm traveling with my family, my kids, my daughters. Uh, I'm not going to risk this passage because they were going to America to actually to the east coast of United States and yeah and we have to to cross the Pacific Ocean so I want like experienced people and, I, and we already like are full I, I have two sailors with me my family with my wife and me that also are very good sailors. So we don't need anyone else and we don't want you at all. And I was carrying this box of cherries. I was like, Richard, do you like cherries? Like, yes, yeah, for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. And when do you leave? And he said, in two weeks, okay. So next week I came back and I, I had some cherries in my car. 
and and yeah hey and then that day was all the family was outside having some lunch or some snacky on the on the deck of the boat uh, and they were like oh yeah and then Richard recognized me like oh, the cherries are amazing if you have more I'll, I'll buy it from you I was like ah, no problem like I have some more in the car and the kids, the two girls were like, yeah, yeah, super nice cherries. We're like, okay, okay, I'll be back. I went to the car, I took more cherries, another box, maybe another 10 kilos. And I went back to the boat and I told, I, I was like, yeah, here they are, richer for you. Yeah, all, all right, Bly, how much do I owe you? Like, nothing. No, come on. Like, no, nothing. All I want is to come with you guys. <laughs> And then he felt like a bit like, oh shit, <laughs> he caught me. But even then he said no again. And, but that time at least he was like, but for instance, some of my two sailors uh, cannot arrive on time because we are living in like one week, 10 days. Then I would mm, send you an email. Give me your email. And I was like, Richard, you're going to send me an email. I know that. I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> After three, four days, I received an email. And they were like, Bly, one of the sailors cannot come. Uh, something happened to one, I don't know, if his father or his mother. Some problems, uh, health, health problems. And he couldn't go to the boat. And so they were asking me to go with them. And yeah, that was my first experience sailing. And yeah, it was not something small because for learning to cross the Pacific and you are like 60 days, we were like by ourselves in the middle of the ocean. And yeah, Richard asked me like, Bly, uh, because he wanted to make sure that I, that I didn't make any mistake because it could be like fatal, no? It could be like catastrophic. So Bly, ask me anything that you want to know that you don't know anything you have to ask me a lot but richard after two or three days he regret <laughs> he was like Bly, i cannot handle any more questions please stop read the books of my library i started reading all those books and yeah i learned a lot and when we arrived into panama then he told me like Bly you are ready, like, you can go, like, and I, at the first time, I feel like, oh, you're pushing me out, he was like, no, 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 I'm not pushing you out, it's just to let you know that you already can take your own boat or work as a captain, because I cannot teach you anything else, and Richard was this very, very experienced guy, that everyone that we cross on different marinas in, in Hobart, Tasmania, south of, uh, Australia and then in Wellington in New Zealand all the people that I met that knew Richard they were like ah Bly you are super lucky because you're going with Richard Richard is the master of the ocean for all of us all the boats all the people all the captains all the skippers I was like really so when I received these words from Richard in Panama for me it was like Really? If you're telling me that, uh, it's something very big for me. So what I did, I just went to to the bar, in the marina bar, and I asked for the Wi-Fi code, and I put a post online, 
And then, yeah, I was sitting there with Nile, this Irish guy that was with me in the LC, in this boat, crossing the Pacific. And I received a phone call after like one hour or two. I took it and somebody asked, like, Captain Bly? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> and I was fucking scared and like, uh, not shaking, but almost. I oh shit, yeah, it's me. Uh, that, that went fast. <laughs> because I made a post on the internet, like, I'm Captain Bly. Like, if you need some help with your boat or I can make a delivery or bring your family around. And yeah, and after two hours, sitting in the same chair I was doing the post two hours before, drinking some beer with Nile, I received this phone call. I was like, holy shit, like, I'm not ready. Yeah, I'm Captain Bly. Uh, all right, I have a boat in Mexico and I needed mm, tomorrow someone to go and take care of it because I need to move to, he was living in Texas or, yeah, Houston, Texas, Texas, yeah. Um, so I need to move back to my work and I need someone to take the boat on the west uh, coast of Mexico and sail it all Central America down across the Panama Canal and all the way up to Mexico again on the on the Caribbean Pacific side Atlantic side like okay that's great but yeah, yeah well and he was offering me some money for the job I was like you know what I usually get double than what you are offering me so let's forget about it ciao ciao no 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 no, don't hang up the phone like I'll pay you double I was like holy shit <laughs> Now, how can I say no? I, all right, but you know what? I always go with my first mate, and Nile was next to me. You wanna go? Yeah. Okay. I always go with my first mate, and you would have to pay our plane tickets to Mexico and our expenses on top of the salary. I was pushing him to say no, because I, I didn't feel ready for it. But yeah, he accepted everything. I was like, no way. Like, all right, okay, yeah, send me both of your passports and yeah, I'll see you in I'll see you in Mexico tomorrow because I'm sending you back your your plane tickets. Like, holy shit, like we took some pictures of the passports, sent it to him and walked back to the boat where Richard and the family was. Like, yeah, we I'm coming Richard to take my backpack. Bly, no, I wasn't meaning what I said to you. I, I, yeah, I know, I know, but you know what? That you said me that, and then I got excited. I put on internet some post about me being a skipper, as you said that I should do. And this guy called me, and he wants me to go tomorrow uh, in Mexico to take his boat. Like, how do you do it? I don't know how I'm saying to you. How much is he going to pay you? And I told him how much he wanted to pay me. And he was like, I never get that much of money. Like, it's how did you do it? <laughs> like, I don't know. I was trying to push him away because I was scared. Bly, you did the best you could do. You're going to earn lots of money. Not a lot, but yeah, quite some money. And you deserve it. And you're going to do it fine. Don't worry. La, la, la. So then it's when I started actually to work as a captain. And yeah, so many experiences I could explain about my boat sailings. And and on this trip across the Pacific also, we stopped in this island, Pitcairn Island, where a captain called like Captain Bly 
cut the fly. Um, yeah, it's a long story about it, but yeah, basically this guy got kicked off from a bounty and then these other people uh, to hide from the marina of uh, England um, tried to find an island and to, to save them their lives and to be able to be with some native woman from Haiti. So they, they, the mission was going all the way from London, Cap Forms and to, to the Pacific Islands to get some breadfruit and the breadfruit back to Brazil for the slaves that were working on the sugar fields. And, but yeah, the mission didn't went that well. And some people make a boom, Monty, no Monty? Mutiny. Mutiny in that boat. And, and yeah, they kick off, they kick out this Captain Bly. And it's funny because before I became a captain, many people in the United States, Canada or Australia were calling me. What's your name? Bly. Plate? No, Bly. Oh, yeah, like Captain Bly. And everyone was calling me back way before that I was a captain, Captain Bly. Many people know me as a Captain Bly because the story of this like uh, guy that was kicked off from this his boat from the navy and and yeah but he managed to survive in a little dinghy with like 12 people 12 of the crew that were in his side they put all of them in a little, little shitty boat in the middle of the ocean after six months they appeared in some island in the pacific very close to Australia and this Captain Bly end up being like the governor of Queensland. So yeah, when I arrived in this one of the most remote places in the world, Pitcairn Island is in the middle of the Pacific halfway from New Zealand to Panama. Uh, yeah, when I told everyone that I was Bly, some people look at me like, oh, Bly is back. He's going to kill all of us. <laughs> that was so funny. Nobody could believe that I was called Bly. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's just a little anecdote of some stories of this trip. But yeah, after that, it came. I, I've been into many storms in these uh, places, uh, crossing the Atlantic and, and the Caribbean as well, and on the Pacific, sailing down from Mexico. But yeah, super nice. And after that, yeah, I decided to go to Europe for a visit. This visit went longer than expected. Um, and then I ended up in Ibiza. And then I broke my arm. And since then, I never moved again from, from Spain. And that was 2018, three days after my, my birthday, October. So yeah, it's been already four years that I'm not traveling anymore. Yeah. So what made you decide to settle and buy this place? And how did you find it? Because it's very remote. Yeah. Um, what makes me think of buying a place like this? I never thought that I would be a owner. I actually am not agree about ownerships. And I don't think that anyone can be an owner of any other person, any other material, land or whatever. But uh, just after that said... I felt like that I had to secure a place to be able to live there 
for me, my friends and my family as long as we want. And yeah, I feel like I'm going to buy the right to be here, but not actually to buy anything because I don't believe in money, I don't believe in power, I don't believe in borders and laws. And also I don't believe in ownerships or like private property. But yeah, I wanted to do it because it was like the the only way that came in my mind to have more security and more rights and more um, things to hold yourself to be able to quit the system and leave it a bit away from us. So that's why, yeah, um, yeah, that started just after the first lockdown with the COVID situation that started in March 2020. But I already felt like the last years that I wanted to have a place where to invite people because I've been traveling around the world because many people has been very kind with me. And I felt like I was missing to be kind with people in that aspect. I wanted to have a place where I could invite people to spend as longer as they wanted to be here. And also a way to give back all this energy that I receive. And also because maybe I'm getting older or whatever, but I also wanted to kind of, I was starting to have the idea of settling down a little bit at least having a key in my pocket of a place that I can go back anytime. Because when I was traveling, yeah, of course, there's many people in Spain that will open their house for me, but I will always be a guest and I cannot develop there any project and I cannot develop there anything. And it's something that I feel sorry that some people need to habilitate a corner to be to stay for me to stay there for a while. So I really was missing this. I had also trucks. Uh, every time I came back to Spain, I had always this truck, another truck, another truck that I could use it as a little house for a couple of days, but of course wasn't a place where I could invite families or I, where I could invite or develop projects and those things. So that was something that was coming in my mind for a while already. And then breaking my arm in Ibiza four years ago also gave me more chances of thinking about it and then when the lockdown started uh, in the first instance i just wanted to live in some pacific island because all it's gonna come that already came and it's gonna come in the future it's, mm, it's gonna be like dark it's gonna have some dark moments for the society and even more for western countries but at the same time i was feeling guilty i was like yeah if i'm going now after that many years uh, out of Spain and you leave your family alone that uh, they might don't have the same opinion of this like bullshit virus that they say they're spreading around the world maybe they're gonna get sick or they probably gonna get vaccination because vaccination is gonna come for sure la 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 that was March 2020 and then one day, like walking, I just found this little piece of land. I found a coin in the middle of the road, just at the entrance. Just when you leave the road and you enter into this land, because it's already there, starting, it's all the way to the road, the main road, is where the, this land starts. I found this coin on the floor from 1820, so from two centuries ago. 
And I was living on the 20, the same 20 as this other guy that lost the coin two, two centuries before. But yeah, I was like, oh, that's a coincidence, you know. And, and yeah, then I keep on walking with my dog and I, I realize that, yeah, was a path going down and then was this super nice river because we had some big storms a few weeks before that. So the river was super full, were like uh, the swords was were like jasers going out the floor, like pretty high, like a tube of water going out like crazy. Oh, wow, I fell in love. And then I seen a ruin. Then after I find out that has the friend, has the name of my family. It's called Albertage, another sign in my mind. And then at the end of the road, I, I found this house where we are talking now. And I fell in love with this well and this kitchen and the potential of this place and how isolated you are, but not because you are far away from everything, just because all the roads are private and that gives you exactly what I was looking for or not really looking for that day, but I had the idea of going to a Pacific Island or whatever just to push everything else away or creating a different way of living and trying to show others that it's possible to live in a different way not because my way of living is better than others but at least because people do not think of another realities the only reality that they understand exists is what you've been adoctrinated at school and what you've been learned from television and and from religion in the old generations. But there's not right, it is not true. Like you can live however you want and we are free. There's no laws, there's no uh, there's no money, there's no countries, there's no borders, all those things is bullshit, it's just a way of control. And that's why like people is hooked into this system because they think that they need to pay every month the rent and the water and this and they need to go to work to be seen as a good uh, family member or as a good society member. Otherwise, you're going to be appointed as a shit guy and you are going to be like the worst. So people have this fear and people cannot live that fear and that's why they have a hard time to find other ways of living and that's why people do not understand what means life because what we've been told that is life is not what is life life is like being thankful every day for everything every little thing every little sunlight, any little molecule of oxygen that you breathe, any little sip of water that you make, and that's life. And for many centuries already they disconnected the society from this Mother Earth connection and they made us think that there's evils and sense and all this bullshit to create fear and to create slaves and to create people that works for the king or works for the governor or works for like the sir. 
And the only way to manipulate people and make them do what you want is to bring them fear. Because then if people have fear for their lives, then you want to control them. If you lie to them and tell them that you have a solution. So that's the way that society has been manipulated for so long. And that's why I wanted to create a space where we are showing that we are not slaves, that we can do whatever we want, that we are free, that we don't live in a wall with borders. You take a balloon and you go up on the sky and you see in between Spain and France and there's no borders. Doesn't exist borders. Borders are an illusion. And it's a way of control and to making some countries richer and some countries uh, slaves. And that's why Africa is poor. Not because they are poor, they are the richest people in the world because they are the happiest ones. And being rich, it's just a matter of being happy. That's if you are happy, you can be the poorest guy in the world, but you are way richer. So, so yeah, I wanted to buy this land in terms of official way of talking. I bought it, that I don't feel like it, but yeah, I did. Went to the notarial and sank and give money to someone. Because, yeah, I wanted to create some space to allow people to see that seeing the world and living your life in a different way, it's possible. And that is not a way of giving example, but it's a way of giving example on the sense that each one of us needs to find their own way of living and what you really feel good with it and what you really want for your life and your family and your friends. So that's why I end up making this step to create this space for the new coming months, years, decades, whoever knows that it's going to be a bit um, not very nice what it's going to happen. It's already, we already seen a little bit the edge of the iceberg because, because yeah, all those restrictions and cutting human rights and that is happening in, in all the world, the entire like, worldwide for the last two years and a half. It's uh, almost three years already. It's crazy. And that's just like a little beginning. We didn't see the consequences of the vaccination officially yet. People is not aware of many things. But more and more, the, the society in general, either you are from America, Africa, Asia, Europe, people is awaking and people is more aware of uh, that all the, the ways that um, these powerful people are being manipulating us is just like bullshit. That's why in the last decades already many demonstrations, many people fighting for human rights and this and that. And now we are just going in the same direction with some uh, must in, in between because all this corona thing happened. And now there's also the, what they call like the war in Ukraine and what they call the new variants of the viruses and what they call the climate change. But all those things are just ways to try to to, I don't know the word in English, to distract uh, population and to bring more more fear so they can 
take even more control of you and and take more rights out of you and to make you easier to manipulate and yeah that's basically what i bought this land for those reasons and probably some more but basically i did it because this land was calling me and for some reason this land was telling me that i needed to be here i didn't know how i would get the money because i didn't have nothing like just a little bit and yeah but i i knew that i would stay i don't know why but i knew it already that will happen that i will be able to pass through all these laws and all this bullshit and all this money situation and yeah and get this right that even with the laws and all the way that even the system can see it i have the right to be here for as long as i want and nobody is allowed to come inside this land i'm gonna respect everyone and because i respect everyone i'm just gonna ask everyone to respect me and if someone wanna argue with me even if it's a judge or a policeman or a governor or whatever i'm gonna tell him come on guy do i come to your house to tell you what you have to do no i respect you so man i'm not disturbing anyone i'm helping my neighbors i'm helping the town i'm helping the society i'm helping the nature i'm not disrespecting anyone so please do not come to my place to tell me how i need to do or to create my life so so yeah i'm just gonna fight for my rights if it's necessary and and yeah here we're gonna be here we're gonna create things here we're gonna live here we're gonna try to develop as a human beings and be as more self self-sufficient as possible and yeah uh, as soon as i don't have any more problems with money i'm gonna get rid of my phones and my electronic devices and yeah i'm not gonna use money and never, never again i'm just gonna truck with people like yeah you want some medicine that i prepare okay then bring me a sack of rice do you want what do you want a massage okay then bring me some petrol for my car and i'm not gonna use money at all i'm just gonna truck what i do with people from my garden from my knowledge from my laboratory from my work or for whatever no so how much land did you buy mm. it's one million square meters like a hundred hectares that's 250 acres it's incredible i think yeah something like that and how much did it cost you and how did you get the money um yeah this i'm not gonna reply here okay no problem uh, i got the money i don't want to say the price but uh you know it um yeah i i got the money from friends that believes in me and people who trust me and people who have similar thoughts or just trust me and the way i i do things i guess because i didn't get any money from any rich guy all the people that i receive money from it's like people like me or like you I had some savings and they accepted or wanted to use those little savings that they um, hold it there for many years to give it to me. And yeah, so now I do many work 
many different things. I'm installing solar panels, I'm doing lots of medicines, I'm fixing cars, I'm creating um, caravans, and I, I help people psychologically as well. And I do many types of job because I want this money to go back to these people because even I don't believe in money. I understand that for many people, for many people that I borrow money from, I don't want to see it as a gift. Even some people told me that was a gift. I'm going to give it to them back because I have this feeling. I feel it that way. I feel like I owe money to people. And actually to some people, we make this agreement already. But there's some others that don't want it back. And, and yeah, I'm going to accept that they don't want it back if they actually going to come and live here for sure, then I feel it, it's fair. But if they are not coming to live here, some of them, then I wanted to give them back the money. But it's just like people, people, because I never had a regular job, I never had any, I never paid tax. So if I go to the bank and ask for some money, they're gonna be like, who the fuck you are? <laughs> like you don't even appear to the computer. So, so yeah, that was my only opportunity to to make that step, going through all that shit monetary way or more, more money wise. So yeah, I did it that way. And well, there's so many things I could ask you because um, it's so interesting what you're doing here. You're in this amazing house. I saw a stone outside that said 1716. But you said this house is even older. This goes back many hundreds of years, maybe even a thousand years. Yeah. And the stone here in this kitchen, it says 1716. The stone in the main entrance says 1374. But you can see that that stone and that door, the entrance, it's a door way smaller than the door that we used to be because you can tell that before was a big arc and like maybe a couple of centuries after that they made it a smaller door and yeah that was i don't know when but this new restructuration of the house was made at 1374 so that means that the house was there way before so yeah, there's many people that says that it's uh, this house was probably on the time that Qatar society, Qatar civilization was kicked off from the south of France and many got to, to find refuge in the north of Catalonia and there's also some, some not drawing, I don't know how sculptured in the in the rock there are some crosses that uh, you can identify it as a Qatars but you have to think that this house is been built and rebuilt and rebuilt and rebuilt many many times in many different generations so yeah maybe started some people from here and then the Qatars arrived Qatars arrived here 800 years ago that's for sure because well that's the history like what history says that history is never right because who writes the history is who won the war and you're always gonna tell his 
impartial uh, way of seeing it. But anyway, like for many ways, like we, we know that Qatar civilization was here like around 800 years ago, but the house probably was here already. And, and yeah, so I always have in mind this a thousand years old house because it might be a thousand two hundred or it might be nine hundred but around that age everything points to that direction yeah it is remarkable it, we're sitting in the kitchen and it's extremely old to look around it's like being in a very very old castle in britain and half of the ceiling is taken up with a chimney where there would be an open fire in the middle of a room and the smoke would go up into this sort of hat. It's like a wizard's hat. And then it would go up a thin chimney afterwards. And you said that maybe up to 20 people would sleep in this one room together because it was the only room with heat in the whole house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back in the days, like not not only in this house, but all the masias is, a, is the old Catalan um, stone house that they were building the last, like, yeah, I don't know how many centuries. But, yeah, people used to live in the kitchen. They didn't have much to eat. They just had, like, a big, big, big pot on top of the fire all day long with some fire. And when they have, have some bones, they put it in and some water. And if you were hungry, you were just taking this type of soup. And that was all they had for eating. Back on the days, people do not, um, like, Having a garden with vegetables is very modern. People do not know that, but it's something that came last century. Before that, farmers, they only had animals and grow wheat or maximum fruit. Fruit trees, fields of wheat for bread, olives to make oil, and, and animals like cows and sheep and anything. But uh, eating salad and tomato and all those things are very modern very like from not many decades ago even my father has grown in a house like this my father born in a house like this and he tells me like well, when i was young um, we were starting we were the first people in my area that was growing salads and that was something super fancy that only rich people could eat it and yeah, for them, all they were eating all their lives were like, yeah, some bread and soup with some bones, and that was it, eh? if you were lucky. So, so yeah, and the structure of the house, you imagine these people didn't have anything, barely they had shoes, barely they have clothes, so they don't have any table, any glass, any, or maybe some ceramic one for, for the dad of the family. Or something but they were drinking straight from the bottles and they were maybe some balls to eat but um, they didn't have anything that you can see here like nothing not a cooker of course not a gas bottle not bottles of glass not like nothing not many ingredients either like nothing like basic 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 so this kitchen was way bigger than now because now it's so many stuff around so if you are cold and you are tiny because spanish people back on the day were even tinier than we are now and and the fire is here of course you're gonna sleep all together here next to the fire 
because the rest of the house is full of like in the basements were full of animals and up there maybe like George the Grain drying and over there maybe I don't know they were making the bread in the oven or who knows no but yeah back in the days most of the life you were doing it in uh, in the kitchen maybe like the the father and the mother or the grandparents of the house they had a room and they also had the fire there but yeah and you've got a well in the room as well um there's a <laughs> a well as well um there's a window separating uh, you can see a pulley and a rope and you've kind of boarded it up a bit to stop anybody from opening it and falling down like children. But you said it's about 15 metres and then 7 metres in total. 22 metres? No, in total 15. Okay. So from here to the water is maybe 7 or 8. Okay. And from the water to the bottom is another 7 or 8. So, so yeah. From the basement to the, to the bottom was 15 metres. So from here maybe like... 18 or 17. It's quite incredible, so old-fashioned. Yeah. Um, and you said some interesting things to me that really piqued my attention. Um, things like, if COVID was so incredibly dangerous and people were dying from it, then a face mask wouldn't stop the transmission of it at all. No, of course not. Which is really, it's, it's a very good point. We're all wearing, we were all wearing face masks. Well, many people did, I never wear a mask, but... Yeah, you have to 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 understand like what are they telling us about viruses and the size of the virus. The size of the virus, as a scientific, what the scientific people says, is like one million times smaller than each one of the little holes on the fabric of your mask. So, each one of those holes could uh, accept one million viruses. So. What is the point of wearing a mask? Sorry. Uh, the only thing is wearing a mask. You cannot, see, you cannot see the emotions of the other. They are turning you into more robotized and less feeling people. And they were against the children, most important. So they feel more empty inside. And also the mask it makes you breathe your own fungus, it makes you breathe your own bacteria, it makes you breathe your own CO2, and we need oxygen to live. So masks are made for um, bringing your immunitary system down and to separate people and to create conflict in between people. So yeah, that's what they did and it worked, but not as well as they wanted. So, so yeah, masks doesn't make any good to you in any sense. And there's no viruses running away or running, ar running around to kill anyone. Virology is also created by Rockefeller family on the 30s, 1930. Uh, they created the new medicine. They killed so many naturopathists they burned so many books and they created this way of thinking of like a virus can kill you but viruses are actually the ones that created life viruses are way before humanity way before animals plants bacteria 
viruses uh, it's true that they are not alive they don't have a metabolism inside but it's true that they have lots of information and they regulate without viruses that that wouldn't be possible life in the ocean without viruses protecting us from the sun wouldn't wouldn't allow the earth to grow life either not animals not fungi not anything viruses are life regulators and when they told you that you have a virus of the flu it's not that a virus you got infected by a virus and you got the flu it's that you got colds your immunitary system went down you maybe that day didn't eat properly you didn't wear enough clothes or whatever and then um, yeah your immunitary, immunitary system went down and then you were weak and if you are weak then you start to uh -huh, uh -huh. and if they test you they find viruses but not because you get it from the outside it's because you created to fight against this immunitary system going down you know viruses are giving life viruses doesn't create any any problem any um, sickness viruses never create any sickness there's many tests like what uh, not Pasteur uh, who was that guy yeah Pasteur but Pasteur, Pasteur this French um, chemical or you know, biologist or whatever this guy was saying that viruses was the first guy who said that viruses um, creates um, sicknesses but that is not true and he actually said it before he died he said it like oh that's not true but i got lots of pressure to say that and that was rockefeller family pushing him to say that so they had the chance of selling lots of medications or lots of uh, yeah medic medications and yeah rockefeller family were the first ones owing like a pharmaceutical company and nowadays are the ones who own all the pharmaceutical companies so it's a big 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 uh, marketing that started uh, on the 30s that went into the universities to the colleges so all the doctors nowadays uh, learn that the virus can kill you when it's not true like the same as BIH, it's not true. Nobody ever had BIH, BIH uh, infected from someone. Never. Like I know many people that on the sixties were diagnos diagnosticated with um, AIDS, and they were the the only ones in the group that didn't want to take the medications, and they are the only ones who are alive today so uh, that was another bullshit thing to create fear back on the time to push people away from gays and like um, drug addicts like junkies and to make create some fear and to bring some medications and make money and and that's it viruses are only gonna help you and yeah we cannot get infected and after Pasteur said that it's been many scientific people that uh, because that was a theory viruses can kill you 
and all it's based on a theory because if you actually test it if you put like 10 people in a room that has a flu and 10 people in a room that doesn't have a flu no one is going to get infected no one so and many people uh, research that and test that it's not that I'm saying it because uh, I dream about it no it's it's a fact that many people and there's many studies about it that try to prove this theory and nobody ever could prove this theory never but still it's what everyone believes and and yeah it's a nonsense like there are many nonsense and big lies that not only medical ones also astrological ones and maybe like many 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 things well you made me smile when you said that if an asteroid the size of a house can just burn up on entry into the atmosphere in in the world then why is it that these spaceships like for Jeff Bezos, Amazon spaceship can go into space, or the um, Elon Musk SpaceX can go into space made from stainless steel, and then when it comes back into the atmosphere, there's no sign of anything on it to show that it had any heat or burning, and it's only made from stainless steel, which is a strong metal, but it would still burn up. <laughs> yeah, like it's. Uh it's also like all these uh, special sp special out of space race no that started between russia and united states on the 60s and 50s yeah just like a hollywood uh, made up thing all these moon uh, landing and all those things but also like yeah there's many pictures and videos that you can actually see how many mistakes and harnesses they were into these like European spy space that they have up there or those tourists that goes on the supposed out of space and then if you look in detail you can see that they are not flotating they are just hanging from some strings like that of course they they have uh, way better photoshops that we do and they they pretend to be out of space but it's it's not true or when you see these astronauts like fixing like their airship um, you see bubbles going out from their like uh, uh, helmets no and that's showing you as well that it's been filmed inside the swimming pool you know and yeah and that's a place where you can pretend to be with no gravity and la 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 so yeah there's many proofs that uh, nobody ever left the earth and not any like it's nothing left the earth and all those pictures from mars are like recorded in in Siberia, in Greenland, and actually people hiking found like this robot NASA taking pictures, and you can actually see it in Google Maps. It's crazy, yeah. And then in the social media, in the 
main media, they're showing you those pictures, I was like, yeah, this is in Mars. Like, what? Like, no, no, I was hiking in Greenland and I seen it, it was there, not in Mars. And yeah, everything is bullshit. Well, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, I would like to ask you finally about happiness, please. Um, presumably, you've come here because it, it's going to make you happy after all your traveling. Yeah, well, happiness is just the main setup. You can choose to be happy or not, always. You can see the good side or the bad side, and it's your choice. And it's nice to, to balance it as well because one side it's teaching us something and the other side is making us see it on a different way and we always can create our own reality no but but yeah my main reason to come here wasn't to be happy just to live the way i like it and being happy or not i could be happy living in the middle of the city i could be happy sinking my boat in the last minute before I die I could be happy in many situations but I could also be unhappy uh, in the most uh, strange situations that most of the people would be happy about it so happiness it's what you choose like if you really uh, get pushed down and you have the feeling that you can not decide the life you want to live, then probably you're not going to be happy or you're not going to have any tool to learn how to be happy. But yeah, I didn't buy this place to be happy. Actually, I'm more <clears throat> stressed than ever in my life because I want to give all this money back and um, have more responsibility I have, or I have the feeling of it and I have more work and I have more mess in my life. Back in the days, I only own my backpack, that was it. My tent, my sleeping bag, that was all my belongings. Nowadays, mm, yeah, I don't belong. I, I don't have any anything as a private property or nothing as you see in this kitchen is mine because everyone, everything has their own ownership of things. But yeah, it's true that I have to um, manage with many things and to get uh, through many um, situations that I never been before in my life. I never had that many of uh, effort and doing every day and waking up in the morning and going to bed at two o'clock in the morning, uh, working, 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 finding solutions, finding ways of creating things and ways of getting through some problems because problems doesn't exist there are only solutions but yeah uh, did this place make me happy on a way of course and in the other side I choose to not be all the time happy because I also need to be focused in in many things that I want to get done and I want to make sure that happens that way and I can give back the money that many people trusted me and gave it to me. So yeah, it brings me the balance that I need as a human being, happiness and some more low moment, let's say. But yeah, it's life and that would happen to me anywhere I am in the world.
if I live one way or the other, it's always gonna be okay. And for people listening about how to be happy for themselves, how would you recommend that they can go out and perhaps do what you've done? Because it's quite incredible that you have managed to buy this huge house and lots of land. So it's possible for other people to... Do what? To, to do what you've done. So if, if they imagine this would bring them happiness, then they could do it too. Yeah, but everyone needs different things. Like there's people that, yeah, like 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 me. Like I just felt the uh, the need of doing this project and get uh, and fight for it because, as I said, I wanted to to get to give shelter and refuge for people if needed, my closest people at least, and any other one, and also to to give another point of view to others to find their own way of living. So yeah, for me, it, everything came together that way and I bought this land. But for other people, uh, I, uh, yeah, maybe they need to get inspired of what they want in their life. And that's the main thing, like to to be happy and to be and to allow yourself to be happy whenever you want, you have to be doing what you feel. And that's the problem of the people. Like We've been disconnected from our own emotions and our own feelings since we are little kids and indoctrinated in school, like sit, shut up, listen to me. You have to think the way I teach you to think. Then people doesn't know anymore what is what they want or what is life about? And life is about just like, yeah, being happy and living and just being thankful and being sad and, and having everything but being free and do whatever you want. That's what is life about. And if someone or some corporation or some whatever is not allowing you to be who you are or to do what you want, Mm, try to step out of it and, and like try to reconnect yourself go to the nature it's gonna help you to reconnect yourself and and yeah find out what keeps you alive every single breath that you do every single step and every single like uh, the most important things in life is small things because we have it all already and we are looking always for more and that's what mm, this society or this system or this um, yeah, teach us to be like never happy enough and always looking for more because we don't have enough so yeah we have to get over this like and we need to be happy to be able to be happy with nothing and then mm, yeah, I think that's how people could find their own way of living, their own way of being, or their own way of like deciding for themselves. Being free is the most important thing. If you respect each other, and we are adults, we don't need anyone on top of us to tell us what to do or what not what to do or 
to control us or the police or the government's laws uh, constitutions all those things are bullshit and we don't need it we are adults we respect people we are nice people everyone born as a nice guy and yeah we don't need any of those things we have to get over all those things because they are just pushing us down and don't let it don't allow us to flotate and who we are no it doesn't allow us to show who we are and we don't even know who we are anymore and that's why we just keep on following like the the ships no because like there's nothing that we know because since we are very young they cut the roots and they put us some plastic on the shoes and some tar and cement on the ground and like, yeah, we cannot discharge our negativity energy into the ground and we cannot recycle ourselves so our body, our cells, our blood gets poisonous, poisonous by our, by our own excretions because we cannot take it away and then that's why people is sick all the sick problems of health comes from your emotions like everything even you have cancer even you have anything everything comes your emotions everything it's like a psychosomatic uh, way like if the energy is not flowing because you are sad because you are mm, angry because you are stressed then the energy gets blocked in your body and depending how your body is set up and your metabolism is it's gonna show up this problem this health problem or this other one or in this site or in this organ or in this other one because everything is emotional everything and yeah medic doesn't help health is not about medicines health is about prevention and prevention is about being free happy trust yourself and, and yeah never give up and yeah keep keep on helping people because that's what brings you happiness not to receive help not to receive a present what makes you happy is when you give a present to someone and then you see his face and that he likes it then it's not about having it's about letting it go so that's another big lie uh, yeah as more as more as you have as more happy you're gonna be is the opposite as less as you wanna have as more happy you're gonna be because then everything it's important enough to be happy even an apple even an olive a hack uh, piece of wood that you can burn and make some nice uh, environment in a room but yeah uh, yeah everyone have to find their own way and everyone have to find their line their pro their land their projects their motivations but first you have to really be free emotionally and intellectually and mm, get uh, access to all this information that has been hidden for the humanity and yeah we are all one like we are just little leaves different leaves from the same tree and the tree has been here for millions of years and we are just leaves we, we are all the same 
I don't believe in reincarnation as one same member. But yeah, of course, when I die, this leaf came into the ground and the roots are going to absorb it again and my soul is going to go into the, all the humanity. So we have in our souls the soul of Napoleon Bonaparte, the soul of like uh, Michael Jackson and, uh, and Jesus, if existed, and, and Cleopatra is in our souls. We are part of them. So reincarnation exists, yes, of course, because, but not uh, individual. So, yeah, we're going to keep on being here for a while. Even our 3D body dies, like we've been here for a long time. And we're going to be here for, for I guess, a long time as well. So, so, yeah, everyone needs to find their own freedom. Yeah.